Merry Christmas. We, uh, we love this time of year, and uh, we love Christmas Sweater Sunday. Uh, my daughter found this, London found this for me, earlier in the year to keep me from going out at the last minute on the last night before Christmas Sweater Sunday to get something. And then along the way, throughout the year, we also had another blessing and Jeff and Jen Menifee were helping with some closed closet things and came across this little jewel right here. And uh, it, it just felt appropriate to not share both with you today. Uh, you know, the great thing about cats uh, is that they're not great. Um, <laughs> London, London would love a cat, and I do not love a cat. And uh, in fact, I'm allergic to them, and so are my cars. Um, but um, I'll tell you what I'm not allergic to, and that is a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Christmas sweater that apparently is running a little small. It's first time I've actually put it on, but, uh, you know, if we had the Mr. Rogers music to go with it, I think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know. That's what we had determined before, but yeah, I don't know. It's definitely, is this the same sweater we looked at before? Yeah, there it is, the visitors, and it's got like the Lakers. Is there basketball on the back? Okay, yeah, we're good. It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I'm pretty sure. It might be the whole Lakers from at some point, I'm not sure, because now I'm noticing, and I don't remember this before, but there's other numbers on it, so I think we're just being supportive of the team, so you know, if you're an L.A. Lakers fan, this may be really meaningful to you and very collectible. Um, I'm told it was his personal uh, sweater. Uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's good to be ridiculous sometimes, right? All right, that's enough of that. That's going to get hot. Um, plus, I'll be playing Fat Man a little coat with that. So, um, we... Uh, We've uh, in, been into this Christmas series for a couple of weeks now, and uh, I want to share with you, continue to share with you uh, as we're studying through this, <coughs> excuse me, even today, <coughs> out of this passage from Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, and it's this passage that we have, uh, you know, grown to love and are so uh, fond of and, and, and come around this time of the year and this uh, foretelling of Christ to come, and, 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 you know, I think it's worth noting, you know, uh, obviously it's in the Old Testament, but we're talking about something that was written probably six to seven hundred years before Jesus would come, you know, and, and just the reminder that there's a plan, and, and, and we're worried about, like, what's going to happen at the end of the week, right, and God's, God's got it all covered. He's got it all figured out. Nothing's a surprise. He's, he's, he's with us. And, uh, and even that, just that little piece of information is just, uh, to me, consoling and reminder, as a reminder of, of uh, God's plan is good, and, uh, and, it, and, it's, and it's always going. Uh, it doesn't stop. In fact, uh, if you've got a Bible and you want to get it out, uh, we'll go to the book of Isaiah for a minute. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles, they'll be glad to bring you one. And if you don't own one, you can take that one and keep it um, with you. Uh, I want to make quick mention uh, of uh, just saying thank you. 
uh, to uh, all the folks that helped this week. We had a bunch of folks that helped Monday uh, when we went to Kingston Springs and helped tornado victims. Uh, thank you to all of you that were uh, able to do that. I know many folks, uh, other folks wanted to and couldn't do that, but uh, just, just a quick thank you uh, of that. Uh, and, uh, and then also just, uh, just a quick thank you to everyone who uh, was a part of our angel tree uh, this year. Uh, we, we work with uh, local principals uh, and also our local drug court system to identify uh, those children. It's not just random. Uh, it's actually very uh, specific uh, in those ways. Uh, and uh, I've had people thank me. And I just got to tell you, I'd, uh, there's so much, I, including even Monday, that I had zero to do with either or any of those things happening. That's just, that's just people that are part of this church. Perry Keenan helped uh, get things together for Monday. Suzanne Novotny uh, and her team and so many others have helped get, get the angel tree together and do that. Uh, so if you see those folks, just say thank you to them uh, for their faithfulness and willingness to, uh, to help make those things happen. Uh, and let God use them and, and, be the, and us be the church. I mean, that's, that's what it's about is stuff like that. So, uh, so, so awesome. Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9, verse 6 is our verse. And it says this, and we've read it a couple of times. We've been talking through it. Let's read it again. It says this. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Six or seven hundred years before Jesus would be born in a manger. Six or seven hundred years before uh, you know, all of those happenings on that night and the week to follow would, would, would take place. I mean, just how awesome is that to think about? That God gave Isaiah the, the knowledge to be able to write this, that we might have it as a part of God's Word and be reminded of who Christ is. And then now, here we are, thousands of years later, getting to study this and go over it and, and say for ourselves, what is God wanting us to understand about his baby boy that would come. To us, a son is given. A child is born. You know, and so we get to this part, and we, so what we've been doing over these several weeks is we've been uh, walking through the different, the different names that we see Jesus being given here. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Well, we, we've talked about Wonderful Counselor, and we've talked about Mighty God, and today we're talking about Everlasting Father. But I've got to be honest with you, this one's a little bit confusing. Because think about it. What's the first part of the verse say? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. If we're studying on the Trinity here, we'd be you know, talking about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So then all of a sudden, we're studying about an everlasting Father that's referring to Jesus, but... We just read that for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. So what in the world is going on here? Is Isaiah confused? Has he lost his mind? Is he, you know, what, what's he thinking? That, uh, that, there's this, you know, that there's this son who's also a father? I mean, that can happen, obviously. I'm a son and I'm a father. But I'm nowhere near Jesus. And this isn't talking about Jesus replacing uh, 
the Father, God the Father, the part of the Trinity, the first part of the Trinity, it's talking about Jesus in a role that is important for us to see Him in as Father for us. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. It almost sounds like Isaiah is confused, but he's not. Uh, and when we think about the word Father in of itself, that in of itself evokes a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings because everybody attaches something different to the, to the word Father. I, I personally, my Father is amazing. He is, he's ridiculous, but he's amazing. Um, and he's ridiculous in many, many ways. He was calling me at like 1.30 this morning. You can ask Aaron. We were like laying in bed and the phone's ringing. And he's like, what's up? You studying? I'm like, yeah. I was like, what's going on with you? You studying? Well, kind of, sort of, sort of finishing up. Okay, and then we, you know, he wanted to hear about, you know, what we're talking about. He had a little input or whatever, you know, which is, which is awesome. Uh, but, uh, you know, the idea of earthly fathers conjures up so many different emotions and feelings that for so many people it's not necessarily good. In fact, it's a lot of times bad. Uh, you know, maybe for uh, the reason of not having a good father at some point in time in life or, uh, or ever or never knowing a father or the loss of a father. So at this time of year, you know, there's, there's a whole slew of emotions that come with this for a lot of people. So for a lot of people, I, you know, and I've, and I've thought this for years, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this for years, that for a lot of folks that I think have a bad uh, picture of what a father is, I feel like I always worry that maybe they, you know, don't understand and grasp like how much the Lord really loves them as the father. Because he is this father above all fathers who wants to be this father that we never had, and even for those of us with good fathers, is a better father than any father that we could have here on earth. For those without fathers, and even those for us with them, knowing one day we will be with or without a father, and we too as fathers, our children will be without us one day too, is this reminder that we're just here for a period of time. And what we have here is we have everlasting Father. Everlasting Father as Jesus comes into the world and under His care and protection and His provision we are safe and can be satisfied for all eternity. That's huge for us today. That's huge for us today. I want to make mention that uh, uh, there was a uh, an article, uh, thanks to, um, oh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, he writes for the Gospel Coalition uh, quite a bit. Justin Taylor, I think, is who it was. Um, and his pastor uh, had actually taught about this. Well, not a whole lot about just everlasting Father out there. I spent a lot of time uh, looking, looking through that this week and, and reading uh, what other people had written and taught and different things like that. Uh, and specifically, he, he uh, because he posts for Gospel Coalition a lot, uh, he uh, uh, had shared uh, some, a message that his pastor had, had taught. And his pastor's name is David Sunday. He's a senior pastor at New Covenant Bible Church in St. Charles, Illinois. Uh, I definitely have gleaned some of this from him and, and, and want to give him credit where credit is due to that too. Uh, but as he was even sharing some of these things, you know, I was just, I'm just reminded, you know, just 
how little sometimes we spend on like the things that are right in front of us, you know, that I had to dig that hard to, to find information uh, about everlasting Father and just the thought of that, the thought alone uh, that we have this everlasting Father when so many people in this world uh, don't have or have never had a Father uh, who lasted for a minute, you know, and, and just what an amazing blessing this is and for us to be reminded of that I think is so huge for us today, and I think it'll, it, it helps us in our worship, it helps us in our understanding of our care, of the care that, that God has for us, and the care that we can have back for Him, that He's loved us first in these ways, in such amazing ways, I think is so huge. The use of the Hebrew word here for father uh, is also an expression for possessor of uh, meaning that he became a child in time through his birth, uh, but he is the father and possessor of eternity. You're like, whoa, wait, what? That's a, that's a lot. So, so just thinking about like this word, you know, it's easy just to attach a word, just go father and go, okay, we know all about a father and we know what fathers can be like. They can be good, they can be bad and all that kind of stuff. But this is like taking a step further and understanding that the, the Hebrew language and helping us to understand this to get that, that Christ here is being called a possessor of, uh, of eternity. And we're like, what? You know, is that how crazy... Is that, and I think for us, you know, to to see uh, again that Isaiah is not trying uh, to make Jesus the Trinitarian Father here, where he's taking the place of God the Father, uh, but that he is our Father in a way that he uh, loves us, cares for us, possesses us, possesses eternity, uh, created us, even. You know, think about that. Think about like the creator of something. If you've ever made anything in your life that you really, really loved, like you feel a kinship to that thing, and you're like, you know, uh, much less a child, you know, uh, that you're just like, oh, that's, you know, I'm almost like the daddy of that, you know, it's like you're protective of that. Jesus is that for us, he's, he's the benevolent protector, uh, which is the task of the ideal king, and it's also the way God himself cares for his people. This is much more than just a dad, you know, that shows up at the games and all those kinds of things. Jesus is guarding, supplying, and carrying our needs. He is the everlasting Father, not replacing God the Father, but to imitate His heavenly Father for us in His care for us. So there's, there's, there's a lot to that. I mean, really, you, 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 this well just keeps getting deeper and deeper as we start thinking about it and seeing these things, uh, that God is, is, is so amazing that he would send Jesus for us. First of all, God the Father loves us, cares for us, sent Jesus for us, that we might know him, that we might find peace in him. I mean, look at the names, Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We get to have a relationship with that guy. You know? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I, like, I like hanging I enjoy hanging around uh, with different people. We got to hang out with some friends last night. Uh, Paige had her 29th birthday last night for the 11th time. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. And, uh, <laughs> 
that's, uh, yeah, so, I, but I, you know, I love getting to hang out with different folks last night. We got to hang out with some different folks last night, and, just, and it's just fun getting to know more about people and where they've come from and, and what's going on in their lives, and, you know, and, and I'm just reminded that, you know, each and every one of us is so very different, but, but God knows what's going on with us, and He's, he's invested in us. As the Father who created us, even Jesus is invested in us in such a crazy way that, that God the Father would send Him to die in our place for all the, for all the bad that's happened in our lives that we might be forgiven. Uh, you know, it, the bottom line is this. The Gospel, the good news of Jesus and this understanding is that, that we as believers are believers and able to be sons and daughters of God, invited into this family, Him be our Father, and all these things uh, because the truth is, is that Scripture tells us that sin has a penalty. And when we're standing before that judge, that penalty has to be paid. Jesus paid that penalty for us. Sin, according to Scripture, is that the penalty is death. Jesus took that death for us. He died on the cross in our place. We, nobody else could have done that. He's the perfect one, the perfect sacrifice, the only one that could have ever taken our place. The everlasting Father. Sam Storms, uh, who was actually a seminary professor of mine, uh, calls it a descriptive analogy pointing to Christ's character. He is fatherly, father-like in his treatment of us. Now again, if you didn't have a good father figure in your life, then you know, that, that may not mean as much to you as it might mean to me. Uh, or maybe you just, maybe you, maybe you are, and I hope you are, able to like cling to the dream that there is this unbelievable father that is unlike anything that anybody you know or you personally have ever experienced on earth. That's God. That's, that's Jesus. That's who he is. He loves us. He cares for us. And, and, it, and it's this reminder that goes back to John 1, and I want to read a little bit of John 1. We read some of it uh, a couple weeks ago. I want to read a little bit more of it uh, today. John 1, in verse 1, it says this in the Gospel of John. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. Word is capitalized there, just to kind of level the playing field so that everybody understands. This is talking about Jesus. This is talking about Jesus being with the Father from the beginning of time. Again, this is talking about ever, something that's everlasting, someone that is everlasting. This is Jesus. He is eternal. From the beginning of time. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, Right? Son of God, came, is God, right? Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made through him. And without him, not anything made that was made, that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus, the creator of all things. All things, verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He's the father of all things. So the description here, everlasting father, 
is this understanding that Jesus is something for us that we need Him to be, which is this caring Father who's protecting and all of these things that we would hope that a good father would be for a child. He is all of those things and so much more for us. And not only that, but He is eternally that. And even that is like, okay, how do we even wrap our minds around that? He's eternally that? I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy in of itself. But that's who He is. And Isaiah speaks a lot throughout the book of Isaiah about eternity. And he speaks a lot uh, of God and the one who is high and lifted up and inhabits eternity whose name is holy. And we're reminded just the fact that we have these prophecies written literally hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus would walk the earth of just how eternal God is. Just how eternal Jesus is. That God, hundreds of years before He had Jesus come, would send these prophecies, these things, put these things on men's hearts to pin these things that we might have them. That we might be looking for Him. And of course, leave it to us, we'll screw it up, you know, and as the people of the world did at the time that Jesus did, and we would have too if it had been us, you know, when Jesus came, what were they looking for? They were looking for a king. They were looking for this promised king. And this promised king was what? Not what they were looking for. They were looking for the political king, the one in power that was going to change everything, the, the great president, if you will, who was going to change all things to make life so much easier on God's people, because that's what we were looking for. We were looking for lower taxes, right, and better gas prices, you know, and Jesus didn't come for that. He came for people. He came for our sin. He came that we might be redeemed. He came that we might believe. He came chasing us down. This is God's way of intervening literally into, into all of history. You know, I've heard people say things like, I wish God would do something about what's going on. He did. He did do something. He sent His Son. And He did that that we might know who He is. Because He, He is a representation of the Father. Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. The one who is and is to come, the Almighty. Isaiah is speaking of a child who would be born 700 years into the future. Yet he makes clear that this child is the author of eternity and the father of time. time. And this, for us, it just boggles the mind. Only Jesus could reveal to the world who our Heavenly Father really was. And that's what He came to do. Isaiah couldn't have fully seen the light of glory that shone from Jesus when He dwelt among us, but from Jesus' own lips we have words that He spoke. Just a couple of passages I want to share, not on the screen from the book of John, John chapter 10. We see... Jesus say this in verse 30, I and the Father are one. And then later in 38, no one understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. John 14, 9 says this, Have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? 
whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe I am the Father? I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus is the perfect image of God. The exact representation of His being. Jesus alone makes the Father known. And this also leads to even a better understanding of John 14.6, which we prob- most of us probably know well, but I want to read it in 7. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Think about, you know, people... And I think about people in my life that I have known their father, but I knew their father because I knew them. You know, good friends of mine. In fact, a a friend of mine that I grew up with, uh, a close friend of mine that I grew up with, lost his dad just a a couple of weeks ago. He's been ill for some time. And, uh, you know, I, I knew who his dad was because I was friends with him, you know. And uh, I went to the visitation and got to give him a hug and all those things. And, and I just got to tell you, I just I, I felt for him. I felt for him and the loss of his dad. And truth is, I, I loved his dad. His dad was awesome. And his dad had always been awesome to me. I mean, this dude just, like, loved me. You know, we'd go over there. And I remember for years and years, we'd uh, fool with cars over there sometimes. Or I remember, for whatever reason, somehow I fell into, like, uh, hooking up his dad's stereo systems. If his dad ever went out and bought stereo equipment, I got a phone call. And, uh, and it was, you know, to, to go to the house and hook up the new surround sound, okay? You know, that was like the, the, the legit sounds, the legit uh, surround sound from the 90s. You remember that surround sound? And, uh, you know, and, and I enjoyed doing it because he was, man, he, and he did. He was always so kind to me and always so gracious to me and uh, loved me being in their house and always welcomed me in. But I knew him because I knew his son. And today, we know who the Father is, the real heavenly Father, because of the Son and His representation of the Father. Herman Bavnik observed that Jesus takes away our guilt again and again, opens the way to God's fatherly heart. Everything you've ever dreamed a father could be, everything you've ever wanted from your relationship with your earthly father, Jesus is and will be for you. Your Messiah will forever be perfectly fatherlike in the way he shepherds and leads you in Jesus. You have a perfect father forever. A perfect father forever. That's that's a big word. Forever. How many things can you think of that are forever? We, we don't even, we can't even grasp that. Like forever doesn't even make sense to us. But that's who Jesus is in being this everlasting Father. Sadly, the world as we know it doesn't always conjure up those kinds of images when we think of Father. A lot of times it conjures up the uh, 
other things, the bad things, the distant, the passive, the absent, unreliable, selfish, uncaring, maybe even cruel, maybe abusive, maybe just gone. And even among Christian families, that can be true at times. But this is not Jesus. That's not who Jesus is. Jesus is our everlasting Father. He came into a broken and sinful world to fill our hearts with heaven's love and to teach us how to love one another. He came to make sons and daughters out of us. This is the Father's gift to us that we celebrate at Christmas. The coming of the Son. How comforting it is to read then Isaiah 9, 6. Everlasting Father. His name shall be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. You know, one of the truths that I think is so good for us to be reminded of is that once we know Christ, nothing can separate us from Him. Nothing can separate us from Him. That forever is forever. There will be no goodbyes from Him. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from His love. Not even death itself. In fact, death itself actually draws us closer to Him. Charles Spurgeon, one of the great theologians, said, There is no unfathering Christ. And there is no unchilding us. He is everlasting, a father to those who trust in him. Praise God for our eternal security in Christ, an everlasting father. So everlasting father, what's that mean for you today? What does it mean for you today to understand that God himself sent his son to literally be there for us forever. What's that mean? It means a lot of things don't have to be on our shoulders. It means that we can trust in Him always. We, we have this reminder that He never changes, that, he, uh, you know, that He's always there, that He will never leave or forsake us. I don't know about you, but in a world full of people that will cancel you at the drop of a hat for this, that, or another, we're reminded that Jesus will never do that. He loves you. He cares for you. You might say, Chris, I, I've, you know, I've never even believed in him. It doesn't matter. He still, he still loves you. He still cares for you. He still came to die for you. The truth is, is the most important question that you can answer today is this. Have you trusted in Him to believe in Him, to put your faith in Him that Christ is who He is? It doesn't matter whether you do as far as changing who He is. He's still going to be God. He's still going to be the Son of God. He's still going to be the Savior of the world. He's still going to be the Messiah that was predicted hundreds of years before He came. But what changes is your life if you trust in Him, if you believe in Him, that forever your life is changed. You say, Chris, how do I know that? I can only speak from my experience. God has changed my life. 
Not because I deserved it. Not because I was good. But because He chose to and I believed. I believed. God does the saving. He does the work in us. And all you can do is believe. And today, if God is speaking to your heart, then I, I, with all my heart, I encourage you to trust in Him, to believe in Him. Let Him be the one to save you. At this time of year, especially, just the reminder that God sent His Son for us, that He came after us, His people who turned our backs on Him, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It doesn't depend on how good we are. It depends on how good Christ is. And He's perfect. So in Him... We win. Everlasting Father. Forever eternal Father. Better than anything we could ever imagine. Better than anything we can conjure up in our mind. That's who Jesus is for us. He loves us. He cares for us. And this morning, I hope and pray that you would believe and trust in Him today to be your Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. God, thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus, for us. God, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve Your grace. We don't deserve Your mercy. But Lord, You've given it to us. God, I pray for anyone right now, Lord, that is letting the idea stand in the way that they're not good enough for You to save them. God, I pray, Lord, that You would mow that down in their hearts and in their minds and help them to understand that that is exactly why we need You. God, I pray for anyone that has never trusted in you and believed in you today to trust and believe in you today. God, I pray. I pray that you would do the work in their heart. Lord, that they would know that you want to change their life, that they would know that you love and care for them. God, thank you for sending Jesus, the everlasting Father, the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, Lord, for us. Work in us. Lord, help us to understand just even this little bit more about who you are and what you've done for us, that you're always there for us. God, may it drive our worship of you. May it drive our hearts for you and our hearts for others, God, as we're reminded in days like these, Lord, the need that others have for you. God, I pray, Lord, that we would mirror, Lord, your love and your care for us just as Jesus did for you. Lord, thank you for your son. Thank you for your grace. God, stir in us. Be glorified in us. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.